You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Hello and welcome back to the Alter Echo Sermon Podcast of St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. This is your scripture and message for Sunday, November 13th of 2022. We are, for the month of November, um, focusing our worship and our messages and our scriptures and everything on uh, the theme of finding the heart of thanks. And today, our specific theme is finding the heart of thanks for God's closeness and help to endure. So, I hope this message comes to you well, um, with a heart full of thanks. I am thankful for you on this day. And um, as I am recording this, it is Veterans Day. So I will offer a word of thanks to, for all of the veterans uh, who live with us in this time, um, for their life of service, for their sacrifices, and for their uh, hope to endure as well. So, our scripture reading um, today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 5 through 19. If you have your Bible, I invite you to open that up with me and read along, or you can pause the podcast and go get your Bible, and we'll read together. Luke, chapter 21, starting with verse 5. When some of the people were speaking about the temple how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. So they asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And Jesus said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near, but do not go after them, Jesus says. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not follow immediately. Then Jesus said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, There will be earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues. There will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare for your defense in advance. For I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed by parents and brothers, by friends and relatives, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls." Dear friends, this is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
many people have read scripture passages like this one and called them um, or attributed them to what often is called the end of the world, quote unquote. And by that meaning, a single catastrophic global event resulting in the end of life for everything on this planet, perhaps even the planet included. But if we take a faith look at this and perhaps even a closer look, we see that the world is ending every day, every single day, in families, in communities, regardless of how the rest of the population and the planet is doing. I was 10 or 11 years old, and in the fifth grade, the first time my world crumbled around me. One day, my parents sat down, my older sister and I, and explained that my mom had been diagnosed with cancer. And when you're 10, that's really all you can possibly know, I think. Or at least, that's how I remember it now. I know the type of cancer she was diagnosed with, but that didn't really matter in my 10-year-old brain, and neither did the stage or the prognosis. Because at the age of 10, cancer equals death. And frankly, that would have been the end of my world. My mom had one round of radiation treatment, and what I remember is that It meant she had to sleep in the basement for about a week and stay away from the rest of our family so that we did not feel, or not even feel, but we did not incur any unintentional radiation in our bodies. I remember during that time when my mom was, um, I don't know if you'd even call it recovering after radiation, but in that waiting time, she was sleeping in the basement and spending most of her time kind of on her own Um, But she would come upstairs and sit at the physical opposite end of the open concept main floor of my parents' house so that we could sort of eat meals together, so to speak, and talk to each other. And the only other thing I remember is that because of the radiation, she couldn't use metal silverware, only plastic (laughs) for that time. I can laugh about it now a little bit because that was almost 25 years ago. And lo and behold, somehow, after only one round of radiation, no chemotherapy, no surgery. No, she did have surgery. Um, But no chemotherapy and no continual treatment. Um, My mom has remained in remission from her cancer experience. But I think that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage. He names all of those different examples. Wars, earthquakes, famines, natural disasters of all kinds, people being arrested and incarcerated. Wouldn't that be the end of the world for the people affected? Even if the sun rose the next morning and millions of other people around the planet went on with life as usual, for those folks... For the ones in the wake of the natural disaster, for the ones suffering from the effects of war, for the families ripped apart by crime, life as they once knew it will never be the same again. So then if life is fragile and unpredictable, and if nothing is guaranteed, 
then is there even good news in all of this? You might wonder. Of course, there is always good news to be found, especially when it comes from Jesus in the Gospels. As Jesus is naming all of these world-ending experiences, he says, do not be afraid, as though it's simple, which of course it's not. But Jesus promises us in this gospel reading that even when the worst happens, and notice it is not if the worst happens, but when the worst happens, this is the promise. God will remain. God will remain with you, and God will remain for you on your behalf. Even when the walls come crumbling down of the temple, of your home, of your family, of your livelihood, of your peace of mind, God will be there. And not just watching you from afar with a pity look on God's face as though to say, what a shame this happened to them. I mean that God will be right there. As near to you as the breath that catches in your chest and as near as the lump in your throat, God will be right there suffering with you, grieving with you, crying out on your behalf. But God will also be there to hold you and hope for you when everything else is wrong. And even as the walls come crumbling down, if your faith feels like it's just barely holding on by a thread, God is that thread. And there... Even in the thin space between hope and despair, that is where we discover again the heart of thanks for God's closeness and God's help to endure. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. I am so grateful for the way that Jesus speaks about these end-of-the-world experiences or rather, end-of-my-world experiences for each of us. Because Jesus does not make it nicer than it really is to live it. And Jesus does not offer false promises that we will be magically shielded somehow because we have faith in God. That's not how it works, and we know that. What Jesus says is so much better, because it reveals that the promise of God is the enduring persistent, stubborn presence of God to never, ever, under any circumstances, let you go. And speaking of earthquakes, in 2010, a Luther College graduate, seminary student at Wartburg Seminary named Ben Larson was visiting Port-au-Prince in Haiti, along with his wife and his cousin, Ben Larson was there doing some teaching as part of his seminary training to become a Lutheran pastor, following in his family tradition of his mom, now the former Bishop April Larson. While Ben and his wife and his cousin were there, Haiti experienced a pretty severe earthquake, and Ben was in a building when it collapsed around him and he died. But before he died, 
his wife and his cousin, who somehow got out of the building, were trying to search for him through the rubble because they didn't know what had happened. And as they were shifting rocks, they could hear the sound of his voice. Ben was singing hymns through the rubble of the, of the building that had collapsed around him. Even when <laughs> the world is ending right around us, we find our heart of thanks in God's closeness, in God's persistence, and in God's resolve to help us endure. Hear the words of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. God utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So dear friends, if the world as you know it is crumbling beneath your feet, the Lord of hosts is there in the crumbling. The God of Jacob and all our ancestors is your refuge, your help, and your promise that you will not and you do not walk this alone. In the name of our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we proclaim this hope and this promise of our lives. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.
God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.